I, I'm going to just... Welcome to this podcast message from Kingdom Faith. So no matter what came upon him, all the privileges that came upon him, the finances that came upon him, inside there was still this tug of war that was going on because when he saw an Egyptian coming against an Israeli, um, Israelite, he, you know, he intervened. We then got to a point where the two Israelites were fighting one another and Moses came and intervened in that, saying... Guys, your brothers, why are you fighting? And because of what they said, he, he ran in fear of his life. But again, for me, that's part of God's plan and purpose because Moses, for 40 years, was out in the wilderness learning how to live in that environment as a shepherd. He, he learned so much. And we have the, had the privilege of going into the wilderness in Israel. And uh, you look around and all you can see is stones or that's what you can, you, or that's what we saw, is all that you could see is stones. And we were with a Bedouin and in this, uh, this gentleman who um, lived out there in Bedouin tents, he, he sort of said, actually, what you see here, we have enough to live on or we have enough to survive. And all of us look very blankly at one another. What? All we can see is stones. But then he showed us little things like twigs, things that we think thought were dead as leaves. And he just started to show us different things of how um, some of the twigs that if you spit on your hands and you roll it, they become soap. You then have little things where there's the things that look dead, but when they crush, you crush the leaf, you smell it, it's like perfume. There was other things where they, he, he, um, he had a, a fire and he put hot water in and then he threw what we thought, okay, no, that, that can't be anything. But then it was actually flavoured water. It was like a tea that was produced from the things that were in the wilderness. And... He also showed us that actually um, when you are in rock and there's a calcium de deposit, if you strike it, it's like a cork and water will come out of it. So there's things that Moses learnt whilst he was in the wilderness that was going to be required by God in order for him to accomplish what God had required Moses to do. But we get to that 40 years later. And he went and presented himself before Pharaoh, saying, let my people go. We all know the story about the, the things the, that God put upon the children of, or the Egyptians, but not the children of Israel. And then it comes to a point where Pharaoh let, his, let the Israelites go, 
And I just want to read a little bit here. Um, verse 5. I'm just going to read a portion of scripture here. When the king of Egypt was told that the people had fled, Pharaoh and his officials changed their minds about them and said, What have we done? We've let the Israelites go and have lost their services. So he had his chariots made ready and took his army with him. He took 600 of the best chariots along with all the other chariots of Egypt, with officers over all of them. The Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, so that he pursued the Israelites who were marching out boldly. The Egyptians, all Pharaoh's horses and chariots, horsemen and troops, pursued the Israelites and overtook them as they camped by the sea near that place opposite Baal Zephon. <laughs> as Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up and there the Egyptians marched after them. They were terrified and cried out to the Lord. That's quite interesting. They've just seen God do amazing miracles. Ten in particular with the, all the, the things that God placed upon the, the children of Israel. Uh, um, the Egyptians, sorry. And they saw all of these because not a lot of those things, plagues and pestilences, they didn't happen on the children of Israel. It was just on the Egyptians. They saw all this. And moments later, they were complaining and grumbling. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> As Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up, and there was the Egyptians marching after them. They were terrified and cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, Was it because there was no graves in Egypt that you brought us into the desert to die? They've just seen miracle upon miracle. And now this, days later. What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone, let us serve the Egyptians. It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in this desert. Moses answered the people, do not be afraid, stand firm, and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. Then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. Raise your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea to divide the water so that the Israelites can go through the sea on dry ground. I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians so that they will go in after them. And I will gain glory through Pharaoh and all his army, through his chariots and his horsemen. The Egyptians will know that I am the Lord when I gain glory through Pharaoh, his chariots and his horsemen. Then the angel of God, who had been traveling in front of Israel's army, withdrew and went behind them. The pillar of cloud also moved from in front and stood behind them, coming between the armies of Egypt and Israel. Throughout the night, the cloud brought darkness to the one side and light to the other side. So neither went near the other all night long. Then it goes on to talk about Moses stretching out his hand and the waters parted. But I just want to get that picture. And I believe that this is where, as a church, in part where we're at, I, 
I honestly believe that we are, have pressed a reset button as a church. I believe what God has done over these last four, five, six weeks has pressed a reset because, like a reboot. And I genuinely believe God has got us, again, refocusing on the things that um, he desires for us. And I'll come to some of those in a minute. But one of the things I believe is that after our month of prayer and fasting, sometimes the enemy doesn't like that. And just like the Egyptian army, they've, it's like, you know, we've been let go a little bit. We've had a release. And we know that there is so much more God wants for us. But it's like we're just about to cross over into something so exciting. But the enemy doesn't want to let us go. He doesn't want us to have the freedom and the joy that God wants to give to us. And so he wants to put the negative. He wants to put things upon us that actually then brings that fear again. Oh, why, why are we here? We should be there. We should, it was fine over there. We were living life and the life was okay. I know it wasn't God's best, but it was okay. Whereas over here, it's like, you guys are all right. God's best, God's best plan, God's wonderful plan. We can enjoy the fullness of God in his entirety. But there's a tug of war that's going on. And the enemy wants to come and steal from you. And he wants to sort of say, look, guys, you've had your little breakthrough. That's fine. That's okay. But let's go back. It's safer there because it's what you know. You don't know that way. You don't know where you're going here. But over here, you're safe. You're secure. Let's not rock the boat too much, guys. And that's what the enemy likes to do. Because there is so much excitement over here that God wants for us. But the thing for me in this particular scripture is for those people who choose to say, no, we're going to cross over yeah. no matter what. And, you know, Helen and I are in that place. We're going to cross over. And I know that many of you are too. That you are not satisfied with the status quo of the church in this nation. We need to see God that we read about in Scripture. We need to see so much more of his glory in our lives, which will result in people around us getting changed, transformed by the glorious gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. But you see, for us, we need to have this picture where actually we're going to cross over, but the enemy's not going to like it. So we're going to have to stand our ground a little bit, okay? But also we can see that God actually is there right in the midst of those situations too. And in this particular picture, there was two amazing clouds. Can you imagine you being led by a pillar of cloud or a pillar of fire at night? I think it's fascinating when you try and picture that scene. That, oh, we're following that cloud. What? Oh, do you see that pillar of fire? Wow. You know, again, we have the Holy Spirit who is leading us the way. But to see that picture, for me, blows my mind just how God 
led the children of Israel through the wilderness. But in this particular situation, from the front, it went to the behind. And it's very, very clear on one side of the pillar of cloud and the pillar of fire, but it was darkness on the other. I believe that the enemy is going to be confused. Yes. I'm speaking confusion over the enemy's activities. Because the enemy is going to be playing around in darkness, not light. We are the children of light, and therefore, on our side of the pillar of cloud, on our side of the pillar of fire, it's light. Yes. We will see the way that we need to go. But we need to be looking forward, not backwards. The enemy who's trying to hold you back, sort of saying, actually, let's not rock the boat here, mate. Let's not change things around too much. You were okay doing just your little bits and pieces here and there. You were doing okay, weren't you? No. We want to see and enter into the promised land that God has for us, which means the enemy is going to be in darkness. And I'm speaking confusion over his tactics over your lives. Yeah, amen. He does. He wants to take from you. He wants to distract you. He wants to, in a sense, ensure that you don't progress. He wants you to stand still. And that's why God's sort of saying, why are you standing still for? Let's get move on. What have you got in your hands? Stretch it out. And that opened the way to what God wanted to do. God's put so much in your hands already. And some of you have got your hands in your pocket and God's sort of saying, just stretch out your hand. And what you have in your hand, God's going to use for his glory in the lives that you affect that I don't. The enemy doesn't want that. But he is in darkness. He's going around in confusion. Why? Because God's in this. God is moving us forward. God is wanting to take us over onto a new side where we're experiencing new things and actually ways we've not been before. And that's exciting, but it's also, like the children of Israel, it's a bit fearful. And we've got to take the warnings that we see in Scripture that actually we're not going to come and be negative about one another. We're not going to talk about what's gone on behind. We're just going to encourage one another to go forward and ahead into all that God has planned and purposed. It's all there in Scripture. And God just wants to bring the Word of God alive so that we can enjoy the fullness of who God is. But we do understand, and another thing for me is, when, when Moses actually did cross over and the, the Egyptians actually died um, when the water came upon them, I believe all of this stuff. Yes. I do. I believe all of this stuff. And I believe that the, the architects and um, archaeologists and others are finding evidence of things now that prove that these things have happened. I think it's incredible. Yeah. But the people who don't like to hear the Bible stuff and the, the truth and the reality and the evidence, they bury it. They don't like speaking about it. But we've got to speak about our God. Yeah. 
We've got to speak about how great he is and how he can transform people's lives. I, I want to see people like Helen O saying that this place becomes messy. I do. I, I want this place to become messy. Why? Because people come in with, you know, it's not on grot. Where suddenly people are in tears because they've encountered God. I do. I, I, when God starts to move in the way that I believe he wants to, There's, a, there's an awe of God. There's a sacredness about God. This week, while I was spending time with the Lord, Jesus just said to me, and sort of said, look, you know, if I was walking in a physical form next to you, what would you do differently? I'm saying that to each one of you now. If Jesus was walking next to you in a physical way, would you change anything about what you do, what you say, what you watch? In Psalm 24, it talks about giving uh, clean hands and a pure heart. That was David's cry. Clean hands. What you do in your day-to-day -day life, is it pure, is it holy, is it righteous? Now we know that out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. What comes out of your heart is what actually is evidence of what's going in, in you at that moment in time. But one of the things that God has been very clearly saying to me is that he's doing a sacred thing in his church. And I don't believe it's just this one. I believe it's any church that is listening to the Holy Spirit. And I, 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 for me, I, I get excited when I hear about what God's doing elsewhere. Yeah. Because this is about the body of Christ. This is about making Jesus known. Yeah. And we're just part of that plan and I thank God that we're part of that plan but I celebrate others that are part of that plan too we're not in competition we can rejoice when we see other churches that are are, are growing and seeing people saved come on fantastic if people are, are being healed in a church, come on, fantastic that God is demonstrating his power in that situation, that circumstance. Fantastic. But God has so much for us too. I want all of those things. I want to see people saved. I want to see people healed. Why? Because I believe the word of God is still the same today as it always has been. I think the word of God is crucial in our day. I do. I believe the word of God is crucial in our day. And that's one of the things that as a church, we are often encouraging you to have a Bible reading plan, a consistency in reading God's word. Because that's how you get to know him by reading the word of God. 
But when Elijah was um, around, he was a prophet of God and he had some very strong national words that King Ahab at the time, who was a very, very wicked king, and his wife Jezebel. And they took the children of Israel completely away from the things of God. And in that time, God raised up men and women who spoke things into the nation and to the heart of the nation. And Elijah was one of them. And it says, the word of the Lord came to Elijah. And Elijah then acted upon that word and he called forth hundreds of people who didn't worship God, they worshipped Baal. And in total, it was probably about 800 people against one and lots of other people watching on. Because <coughs> it said the children of Israel were there watching this spectacle. Elijah had the word of the Lord, so he had the boldness and confidence to speak what God had given him to speak. And therefore, it was exactly as he said it was going to be. Fire came down on the sacrifice on the altar. Paul, when he had the word of the Lord, he spoke it and things happened around him. Peter, when the spirit of the Lord came upon him, he was filled with the Holy Spirit and he had a boldness that came upon him because he had a word from God and therefore 3,000 people got saved. There was a, um, uh, probably around uh, 200 years ago, there was a real move of God um, in America. And there was moves of God in Wales and other, um, other areas at the same time. But in this particular situation, a minister um, really got, got to that point where he understood that he was in a new place with God. He had crossed over into what, he would call revival. And one of the things that he did was that he got up on a Sunday morning. Maybe this is what you want me to do. But he got up on a Sunday morning. There was worship beforehand. There was the prayers that normally uh, were in a church service. And then he got up to speak. And he said, um, I don't have a word from the Lord, so I'm not going to speak today. And he just blessed everybody, and then went home. I'm not seeing any nodding heads, that would be great. <laughs> but it happened again the second week. And the people who were employing him, because he was a, 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 a parish priest in a, a congregational church or a Presbyterian, I'm not sure which one, but he was employed to minister to the people. And when he said, I'm sorry, but I don't have a word from God, and so I'm not going to speak to you today. They felt robbed a little bit, cheated. But we're paying you to have a word from God. <laughs> and this happened about three or four weeks. And then he came and sort of said, actually, God spoke to me, and therefore I have now confidence to speak to you. Now, 
I do believe I've got the word, a word from God. And therefore, I am speaking to you, but my heart is, and hear me, my heart is that anybody who's on this up here speaking, anybody who comes with a scripture or something that God's showing them, that I'm longing that that is truly a word from God. Because a word from God is going to change something in our lives. If it's not a word of God, then it may be good, but it's not going to have lasting fruit in our lives. And so for me and, and for anybody who's sharing from the front, that's my prayer. But then also I'm saying to you guys that in your world that God's placed you in, you still need the word of God in your situations. So that you are operating with the word of God and therefore you're operating in the spirit and with boldness. Why? Because we are reverently respecting the word of God and we're treating that as so, so crucial in our daily walk. We're not treating the word of God as a frivolous thing that we just do on a Sunday. But the word of God we're taking seriously. It's so, so important. We, we've been listening to Leonard Ravenhill. We've been seeing some stuff from Pensacola Revival. And Leonard Ravenhill, goodness me, some of the stuff that he says about walking by faith and fleeing from the world. I've been reading some stuff from uh, the Desert Fathers. Uh, this was um, four, five hundred years after... Um, the disciples of Jerusalem fell in AD 70 and then about three, four hundred years later, um, there's a lot of the church folks um, just were dissatisfied with the state of church and so they decided to go out into the wilderness. Um, and for me there was a couple of things that as I'm reading about these guys who went and spent time alone with God before they then came back to change society because they had the word of God. One of the things for me is that there's three things that um, struck out for me. They fled the world. I I believe that we need to flee worldliness in our lives. In Proverbs chapter 4, 5 and 6, it talks about, you know, uh, the worldly woman. And it talks about the men having to flee, run for your lives, go across the street, don't have anything to do with a wayward woman. Now, again, for me, this is not just about women, this, this is about life, it's about worldliness. Yeah. Yeah. Some of you know what is entraps you. You need to flee from it. And that's what these early desert fathers did, they fled from the, the, the world And yes, they fled into all the wilderness, and I'm not believing that that's what God's asking all of us to do. We're not all going to now suddenly move to the Sahara Desert and live there for the next four years. But one of the things I do believe that God spoke to me about was that we have to flee from worldliness, and you know what that looks like for you. We then, again, you've heard me say this before, in the wilderness... And please, those who are coming to, um, to Israel with us in May, we are going to go into the wilderness and you will hear the silence of the wilderness. 
and it's awesome. But it's silence. There's nothing interfering with, there's no noise apart from the old camel or the loft. But no, it, there's silence. Silence. We need to ensure that we, uh, you, you heard me talking about noise, distractions. And again, I still believe that's so, so important that we, we don't get distracted. I, during the time of fasting, I, I've had, I had some great weeks of where I was meeting with God and it was great. And then the following week, I thought it was going to be exactly the same. And as I got my, on my knees or I was reading the Bible and it was just this thought came in and then that thought came. Not negative thoughts, but they just distracted me from the focus at that moment in time. It was so easy one week, but then next week it was so difficult and it was like a fight to remain focused. I want to hear the word of God for my life. I want you to hear the word of God for your life. And it means that we're going to have to take away the noise so that we can zoom in to what God wants to say to us. And the other thing then, it says that then it led to the prayers of saints, and this was in the Desert Father scenario, but it led to effective, fervent prayer. Um, I, I spoke to Josh, where is he? I spoke to Josh uh, the other day, uh, and actually to Mike as well, a similar question. And when was the last time that you prayed and you got an answer for it? that you can testify about. Uh, it, it's just something I believe that God wants us to have answers to prayer. And not just 20 years ago when I prayed about so-and-so and something happened. I believe that God wants us to have answered prayers today, tomorrow, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I believe the promises of God concerning answered prayer. Ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open. I want to see these promises fulfilled in my own life. I want to see that in our church. I want to see that in your life. Where we're praying things because we've taken time to step outside. We've fle fled from the worldliness. We come into a place where we've zoned in to God and what he's saying to us, which then results in us then speaking the word of God into a situation, not just praying prayers. And therefore, we're going to get a lot more answers to prayer when we just, I believe, do the things that God is putting before us. I said that last week that we've been praying for these people on our, on our cards. I want to see, start to see some answers here. I've got my card in here somewhere. I've put it right in the middle of my Bible and I can't find it. There we go. Just the one when we're praying for the one, these three people and plus more. I, I want to see these things change. I don't want the names to be on pieces of paper anymore. But I know it can't be with my effort. 
I've got to be speaking the word of God because it's the word of God that changes things. And the word of God is in the Bible and it's in the book. But what we're looking for is for God, the Holy Spirit, to quicken these things to us. So that then when we're praying, we're declaring the word of the Lord, just like Elijah, just like Peter, just like Paul. And when they spoke, something happened. It wasn't just another list of prayers that have yet to be answered. Now, please, there are times when there is a, um, a, a delay. Helena, I'm sorry, I'm taking your story, but Helena had um, arthritis at one stage. And God spoke to her that this was going to be a journey to her healing. And it was actually nine months around that, wasn't it? Where she had to walk with God, sometimes was in real pain, but she was holding on to the word of God during that period of time until a moment came where some, a word of God was spoken, Helena gripped, grabbed hold of it and was then completely healed. But there was a process within that. So again, it's not letting go of the promises of God just because they haven't happened on minute one of our prayer. It can be a five minute, it can be a 10 year. It can be a 25 year, just like Abraham, but he didn't let go of the promise. Why? Because he had the word of God. If you could stand up, please. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources by Kingdom Faith and for our other audio and video podcasts, please visit kingdomfaith.com. 